0: hope you do. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. I guess I can turn it, I you. to There we go. Now you can hear me better. God is good, isn't he? He has to give me something to magnify my voice so I can yell even louder. God is good. 1 Kings chapter 19 is where we're going to go this morning. I want to talk to you about the call of Elisha. The call of Elisha, he was a a man with a passion for power. You know, God calls us, and when God calls us, he gives us a passion for the power to do the work that he has called us to do in his name. Amen? Amen? Well, we know that Elisha didn't just jump into the ministry, so to speak. Actually, Elisha followed Elijah. And Elijah, we know, was a a mighty prophet. And he he was a mighty prophet of God. He neared the close of his ministry. He had a lot of things happening. He challenged wicked King Ahab. And he prayed with such power and with such authority, he stopped the rain for six months. Now don't you wish you had that kind of power, that that kind of prayer power of authority that you could just tell Jesus to let it stop raining for six months and it stop raining? That's that's some power. That's having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He became the second man in space after Enoch. How do you say that, Pastor? Well, because he didn't die. He he was taken up. I said, man, you know, he, there's only two. Just think when the Jesus comes back. When Jesus comes through those clouds and he calls us all home, we're all going to be astronauts. <laughs> we're all going up without dying first. Amen? Thought about it that way. Uh, Hallelujah. You know, we know that's going to happen because the Word of God tells us it's going to happen. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and those who are left, who is left? the ones that are alive, and the ones that are alive are going to be caught up with him in the air. Amen. I we're going to be caught together with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah. Yes. Who I'm so looking forward to that day. I'm ready for it to happen. He was so important that, that he met Moses and Jesus at the Transfiguration. Elijah was commissioned to choose Elisha as his successor. Now, if you're with me in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, go to verse 19. So 1 Kings 19:19. 19, 19. Hey, that might have been a good year, 1919. <laughs> I don't know what to put. It was right before the Roaring Twenties. So if any of you, I don't think any of you were born that early in life, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you guys had to pass that by probably about 20 years or so, or maybe 30, yeah. some, of you, some of you 40, you know, maybe like 50. 50. No. Who knows? But anyway, First Kings 1919. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of of, uh, Saphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12th and Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elisha. And said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again for what I have done for you. And returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew him and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. And he arose and went with Elijah and ministered unto him. Elisha, plowing a field, doing his work, working on the farm, doing a, a, a busy work. And he was called to do the work of the Lord. You see, when God calls, sometimes it's not at the most convenient time in our life. Now his life would be turned around and he would never be the same. You see, Elisha's call came from the Lord. The Lord knew Elisha before Elijah had arrived. We know that in 1 Peter 1-2, It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace unto you be multiplied. Peter encouraged his readers by his strong declaration that they were chosen, the elect, by God the Father. At one time, only the nation of Israel could claim to be God's chosen people. But through Christ, all believers became God's children. You see, the Lord called Elijah before Elijah even announced it. God calls all of us. God draws all of us unto him before we ever knew him. I don't think anybody in this room could have said that as soon as I was born, I knew who Jesus was. I don't think even in your early childhood, maybe... Three, four, five years old. I don't think you probably knew exactly who Jesus was. You may have heard your parents or your grandparents talk about him, but I don't believe you knew who he was. But God knew who you were. But the most important thing, God knew who you were going to become. And he, he, he began to mold you. He began to take a hold of you. He began to do great things in your life. In Ephesians 1 4, Paul says, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Paul, what was Paul saying here? Paul said that God had chosen us to emphasize that salvation depends totally on God and not yourself. Because, see, only, only Jesus could give us the salvation because of the cross it's not something that you earn it's not something that you pay for because Jesus paid the price he made it he made it available to us God is gracious and he freely gives salvation but so many times we think that we we aren't good enough and we have to keep working at it we have to keep trying to make our way The Lord used Elijah to tell Elisha of his call. God uses his servants to fulfill his will. There are people walking around about you that God is using to help direct you into the way he wants you to go. Amen. He will use others to, to fill. And he will fill them with the Holy Spirit. He will confirm in you what he wants you to do when somebody says, thus saith the Lord. God will confirm that in you. We should be open to the ministry of the servants of God. We should be open to hear what they have to say. Because as as I share with you this morning, I I, I prayed this morning, I prayed last night, God, I just want to be an instrument, that's it. I don't want anything that flows from this mouth of mine To be mine. I want it to all be yours. I want you to own it all. Because the Lord has to own it all. He owns us. We are his servants. So the Lord called Elisha. To serve him. When he was busy. Remember he was out in the field. He was plowing. Twelve yoke of oxen before him. You know what that tells me? That ground had to be pretty hard. That that plow had to be a pretty good size. It was going to take 12 yoke of oxen to put the plow down, to to toil up the soil, to, to break it loose. You know what? I thought of that this morning when I was thinking about that. I said, how many yoke of oxen did God have to use to toil you? To stir your heart. To draw you to him. I thought, I don't think there's enough oxen on earth when he had to use to toil this guy (laughs) to get him stirred up, to get him to where he needs to be. God often demands that we leave worldly success behind to serve him. I know some people find that hard to believe. I remember back in... 1981, when I worked for a produce company in Ocala, Florida, it was a great job. I would I made upwards of eight fifty to nine hundred dollars a week. In 1980, that was, that was good, money. good money. Oh yeah. Oh. And I loved it. I just put it all away, and I just I just I just liked having that money. And I just kept working harder at it and kept getting better at it. And 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 I never gave God any credit because I didn't know who Jesus was at that time in my life. And I was just thinking, man, God is so good. He, he you know the, the man was like blessing me in all these ways that I could have all this stuff. But then I met this little lady named Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I just started going to church, and some friends of mine had told me about her. Actually, the girl I was dating told me about her. And I'm like, I want to meet this girl. She keeps talking about me, she says, about how nice she is and how like, she has uh, this passion about her. And I, I just wanted to meet her. I couldn't wait to meet And then when I did meet her, I dumped the girl I was with so I could be with her. Isn't that terrible? But I remember when I met her I was like, wow. and I wanted to take her out and I wanted to do these things. And, and, and so she went with me on one date. We went to McDonald's and we split a Happy Meal. I got an extra hamburger of my own. We just shared the fries and the drink. I went to it was It was a nice date. And we talked for a long time. And so I told her I wanted to take her out. And she said, well, there might be a problem. I'm thinking, what? I thought you were gonna tell me she had a boyfriend. I think I dealt my girlfriend for her and she had a boyfriend. Oh, boy, this is great. She said, Well, you have to talk to my dad. Thinking, no problem. I'm just gonna tell her dad I'm taking her out. What's the big deal? <laughs> If you come up in the old school, it's a very big deal. <laughs> and I was soon to learn that very quickly. And so I remember showing up at her house, and, and I was going to take her out, and, and her big brute of a brother showed up at the door. I shouldn't have the on camera, but it's already there now. Like, ah, hey, Nathaniel, how you doing? <laughs> He'll probably watch later. <coughs> and uh, he shows up at the door, and he opens the door, and he says, what do you want? <laughs> I said, well, I'm here for Virginia. Flam! Slams the door shut. I'm like, how rude! (laughs) And then I was getting ready to turn around, and Virginia comes to the door and says, I'm sorry, that was my brother. He doesn't have any manners. Come on in, you know. So So I met her mom and dad, and I talked with them, and I asked him if I could take her out. He said, where are you going? What time are you going to be back? And I'm thinking, she's an adult person. I mean, come on, she's... 20 years old, 22 years old, something like that. I think she was 21. I think she said, am I going to have her back? I have no idea. Well, where are you going? I'm not sure about that either. Well, <laughs> when you decide all that, you can let me know, and then you guys can go. How do you, how do you address that? Did you, anybody else have to go through that besides me? Back wait, what that? wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Torture, they call it. Virginia and I got married. and I was still working in the produce business, and we would take off every weekend and go somewhere different. Finally, Virginia said it was getting old. She said, well, "You know, we got to go back to church." I'm like, "We'd go to church anytime." She said, "No, I want to go back to church." I'm like, "Okay, well, we'll go back to church." So we went back to church, and then she got she got drawn in. And God began to do a real stir in me, really began to start speaking to me. See, Virginia was doing something behind my back that I didn't know. She was praying. She was asking the Lord to change me. She wasn't trying to change me. She wasn't doing it. She just prayed. I told her that was not fair. She should have asked for me to be prayed for. If I wanted to be prayed for, she just prayed anyway. Praise God. And then God began to move me into ministry. began to start talking to my heart about ministry. And I could say, I don't have time for to to school. I don't have time for. I have to go to seminary, and it takes time and it takes money. And and I have a I have a full time job, and I don't have time for all this. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, the Produce business closed up overnight. It's closed. I'm like, what's that all about? So I went to work for Kmart Apparel. It's a supervisor, And they were shipping and receiving. They made okay money there. But God was still talking to me about following him, doing what he wanted me to do. But I see, I wasn't ready for that. I kept saying no. Virginia just kept praying. And so I had told her what God was speaking to me about And she said, "Okay." So what does she do? She she contacts the Berean school, and she has them send a whole year's worth of courses to me. I said, what's this for? She said, well, you said God was calling you into ministry, so I just thought I would get some courses here that you could start at home and and get you prepared. I said, I'm not doing that yet. She said, well, we'll put them over here. They'll be ready for when you want to start. I said I don't want to start. I got, I don't have time for all that. <coughs> she said, "Well, then just do a couple hours every evening." I said, "No, I I got other things I want us to do in the evening. I want to. I want to go see people. I want to go do things. And and I said that just doesn't fit right now. <laughs> and I'll never forget. He said, "Well, you got to make it fit, or God's going to make it fit." <laughs> Amen. And I thought, oh boy, she's been going to church too long. That's what I thought. One week to the day that I made that remark, I was in a serious car accident. It left me out of work for a whole year. Yep, a year. She said, well, you don't have anything to do. You can study now. Don't you hate when they're right? Amen. So I began to study. and The more I began to study, the more God began to grow my heart. He began to change me and move me. He began to show me, as I took time to pray, and began to show me what direction he wanted me to go. It wasn't a convenient time. But then when God calls us, it's never convenient. It's never when... You are just have nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. God requires and demands that we leave worldly success behind for him. Elijah's conflict, as he, as he considered God's call, the call of God is always... Creates a conflict in our lives. God's call demands a decision to follow him. Church, we have to surrender everything in us. And we must be willing to put him first. Ahead of our own will. We must be willing to put his will. That's what we have to do. This is all a part of following the Lord. Moses had to leave his sheep. Peter had to leave the, the boats and the fishing. When God calls, you may have to give up something. Something that you just love to do, you may have to give up. I didn't want to give up anything. But I knew if I was going to do what God wanted me to do, I was going to have to give up a a lot of things. Elisha's many problems as he considered God's call. The, the problem of his parents. Loved ones are often involved in the decision making process. I remember when I told Virginia that God was calling me into ministry before I took it wholeheartedly. She's like, Yeah, I don't think so. You need to pray about that first. You know, my dad was in the ministry, and I remember what that was all about. She didn't, she said, I didn't, I didn't I didn't marry a preacher. I said, Well, I wasn't a preacher when you married me. Remember, I just handled the veggies. (laughs) Something to be said about that, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was all about the vegetables. I was inspecting produce, making sure the tomatoes got ripe and the bananas got yellow and all that other stuff. Maybe God called you to be a fruit inspector. Matter of fact, he does call us to be for inspectors, doesn't he? Because he says, You will know them by their fruits. Not judging, but looking. The problem with his position who will tend to the farm? Remember, he's out plowing the field. Who's going to take care of the field now? Mom and dad are older. They can't get out here with 12 yoke of oxen and put this big plow to the ground and get moving. See, the problem of his passion for power. He loved that the field was full of hired hands. The battle that most people lose is not wanting to yield. You see, the, the choice is will we, will we choose worldly things and lose God's best for our life or will we choose God's things and receive everything best for our life. Remember the rich young ruler, he went before God. He went before Jesus and he said, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus goes down and he starts spreading it. I said, well, you know, so, so all you have is he will give it to him, you know, tell, tell them everything he needs to do. Get rid of the wealth. The rich young ruler walked away with his head hung low. You see, the cost was too great for him. You see, sometimes there's a great cost in following God. It may be family and friends that will turn their backs on you. It may be people that you know in your community that will say, oh, you know, they're, they're one of those Jesus freaks. Yeah, they jump over the chairs, and their hair flips around, and, <laughs> you know, and tongue tongue talk and jump. And, you know, they just try to slowly but quietly push you to the side. Mm-hmm. Are you going to choose worldly things or are you going to choose godly things? Elijah's concentration that emerged from his conflict. Elisha decided that God would be first in his life. God's call was more important than position or power. Elijah's surrender would give him position of a prophet of God because he was going to yield 100% to the Lord Jesus Christ. He He was going to give up everything for God. But Elijah would ultimately be even more powerful than Elijah. Elijah made his commitment public. How did he do that? Well he took and he 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 had a big barbecue. He took and he killed what's the thing he killed one of the oxen and he used the yolk that was on the oxen to make the fire. And they would boil one and they all sat around and ate. He was making a public confession. This is what I'm doing. I'm putting everything aside and I'm going to follow the Lord. See, sometimes we have to be willing to put everything aside. No matter how precious it is to us, we have to put it aside if we're going to follow the Lord. Sometimes it comes at a a great cost. The neighborhood would know there was a new prophet on the block. Because, you see, Elijah, he was going to do everything for God. If I was to ask you this morning, how will you respond to God's call in your life? I'm sure each one of you can give me a small testimony of how God is doing something in your life. Or how he's moving in some way in your life. But how are you responding to the call of God? Will you count all things a loss for Christ? Will you publicly declare your surrender to him? You see, when all of us came to the Lord, we made a public declaration that Jesus is our Savior. Amen. If I asked you this morning, if you have surrendered all to Christ, and you've declared him as your Lord and your Savior, just stand (laughs) up. How many of you would stand up this morning? How many of us could? Let me just say, if you if you've made a public declaration for Jesus and you've surrendered all to Him, just stand up. Stand up. where we are. If you've made that declaration and you've made that public confession, you say everything I do from this day forward is for my Lord Jesus. You're saying this morning, no matter what I do, I'm putting Jesus first. And church, that means sometimes we have to make some very difficult decisions. We have to make some very drastic decisions. It means that we're willing to surrender our all to him no matter what takes place. Father, this morning you see these that are standing. Lord, these that have said this morning, I publicly declare that I surrender my all to For him, And from this day forward, Lord Jesus, I am going to stand for him no matter what the cost may be. I'm going to stand for my Jesus because of what he did on the cross for me. And Lord, I pray this morning that you will touch each and every heart and each and every life in this room today. Father, because you have seen the declaration that each one of them are making. Each one of them are saying this morning that I will count it all lost for my Lord Jesus. And I will respond to his call, no matter what it takes. Father, I pray for each one of them this morning. I pray, God, that you will touch each one of their hearts this morning. That as they have made this declaration this morning, as they have said that I give all to Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will place a hedge of protection around them. But not only that, Lord, I pray that you will begin to draw the hearers in. Father, that they can declare the word of the Lord into the lives of people around them, no matter where it may be, whether it be on the job, whether it be in the community, whether it be in the grocery store, whether it be in their own home. Lord, let them make public confessions of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power that you have for each one of them. Praise and Lord, we'll give you the glory <coughs> and the honor and the praise this morning for this that we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, I pray this morning that you be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. Go before us this day, Lord, as we have surrendered, as we have declared you to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords of our lives. Put those in our path, Lord Jesus, that we can witness to this day in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen, amen. And amen. Go in to Jesus today. I forgot.